few, few moments I want to share around God's Word. A couple of weeks ago, I spoke from the first part of John, uh, Acts chapter 3, about Peter and John when they were going to a prayer meeting and came across a, a, a lame man and healed him. And even though, if you know the Bible, you'll know what happened next. I want to continue the story. I'm not saying I'm just going to get through Acts for the rest of the year, but hey. But in verse 11, after they healed this lame man, and it says, while he was clinging to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them at the so-called portico of Solomon, full of amazement. But when Peter saw this, he replied to the people, men of Israel, why are you amazed at this? Or why are you staring at us? As though by our own power of godliness we had made him walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus, the one whom you handed over and disowned in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, but put to death the prince of life whom God raised from the dead, a fact to which we are witnesses. And on the basis of faith in his name, it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man, whom you see and know. And the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, just as your rulers also did. But the things which God previously announced by the mouths of all the prophets that his Christ would suffer, he has fulfilled in this way. Therefore, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus, the Christ appointed for you, whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration of all things, about which God spoke by the mouths of his holy prophets from ancient times. Reading the story, and the guy had been healed. We'd seen him, he was walking, leaping, praising God, and the crowd saw it, and they were filled with amazement, which is understandable, Really, I mean, maybe they'd seen Jesus heal some people and do miracles, but this wasn't Jesus. Jesus was going, this was Peter and John. This was the unlikely lads who were doing stuff in Jesus' name. No wonder the crowd were amazed when they saw what happened. I believe it's the first recorded uh, miracle after Jesus had ascended. We read in the book of Acts. There's three things I want to mention briefly here that uh, just to help us, if you like. And sometimes, I've said before, part of, or sometimes I speak and it carries a pastoral health warning. This is one of those messages. Uh, but you're here anyway. Could have told you before, but then you wouldn't have come. But you're here anyway. And if you're watching online, you can still come next week. It won't be one of those messages next week. But here, this guy, it just gripped me when I saw this. We read, while he was clinging to Peter and John, all the people ran together to meet them at the portico, a colonnade, or the covered porch of Solomon's temple, full of amazement. I'm not sure what half of amazement looks like, but they were full of amazement. Okay, I was struck by this man, the man with no name in many ways, lame from birth, miraculously healed, walking, leaping, praising God for the first time. He'd already been healed, he'd been walking and leaping, he'd been praising God. But then we read it, while he was clinging to Peter and John. Understand, note there was a crowd forming which might have been quite intimidating. But I was interested and it just grabbed me here. This man, he was healed. He'd been healed. He'd been walking. He'd been leaping and praising God. And yet he was clinging to Peter and John. And it just got me thinking, you know, sometimes 
we cling to things of the past. We cling to things. And he was clinging to the past. I think my heading is the things about the cling. Okay, uh, a struggle. Okay, you know, I don't know about any update who preaches, but it's harder for me to come up with a title than it is to come up with what we're going to say about the title. Okay, I sweat and live sleepless nights thinking about what title can I send to uh, Gary to put it up for me. But there's three things about the cling here. Listen, for us, the issue might not be the same. But he, he was clinging to a past blessing of those who brought the blessing. It might not be a healing for us, but we can be still people who cling on to past blessings or to people who brought those blessings to us. Yes, at the time it was healing, it was a provision, it was an encouraging word, maybe even a prophetic word, maybe an opportunity that God has given us. Maybe it was wonderful, but you know, the problem is sometimes we cling to that. We haven't moved on from it. He was clinging on. Peter and John had been used to heal the man and he was, even though he'd been walking, leaping, praising God, he was still clinging to Peter and John. And let me tell you, sometimes we get hindered from what we have in the future because we're clinging on to something in the past. And we can be clinging on to something which is wonderful. We maybe it was a blessing at that time, but we still think about it. We still talk about it. We maybe even give thanks to God about it. We maybe testify about it. But I want to tell you, we don't have to cling on. God doesn't want us to cling on. Clinging on to even past blessing can hinder us from embracing what God's got for us. If you're clinging on to something of the past, you can't embrace something of the future. And sometimes, and you know, what we see in this is certainly that this man was holding on to our blessing. It was holding on. And it got to me, what it was holding on to, it was restricted. It was lame before. It got healed. But then that healing brought another clinging. It wasn't that he stopped clinging. It just changed clings. It changed who he was clinging to. In the past, he'd been clinging to those who were bringing him to. He needed them. He was clinging on to those, dependent on those who had brought him to the temple every day to beg for money. But then when he got healed, he started clinging on to Peter and John. He was changing his clings. I want to tell you, let me suggest that when God intervenes in the world, it's not for us to cling on to things. It's to let us go and bring us into freedom that he has for us. It was for freedom Christ set us free. And we need to walk in the freedom. Don't cling on to the past. You know, I know this is heavy, but if this only speaks to one person today, it's going to be worth it from my perspective. I want to tell you, I believe there's people, or at least some person in here, and you're clinging on to something of the past, a blessing, a moment. It might be somebody who brought the blessing, but you're holding on to that, and it's your complete focus. But I want to tell you today, it's time to move on from that blessing because God's got more blessings ahead of you that he can't bring into your life because you're clinging on to what was in the past. You're still talking about it. You're still, wow, it's wonderful. You're still speaking about it. It's the thing you talk about everywhere you go. It may be even the people that you keep connecting with. I want to tell you, God wants you to move on. God's got something greater than Aaron that he's done in the past, but you need to let go. You need to stop clinging. It was a successful moment. Sometimes it could be, oh, God used me in that moment. God did this, amen. It was wonderful. And I keep talking about what God did that day or with that person. Listen, it's gone. It's historical. Don't cling on to it. Walk in a freedom in a new day because God always wants to do more than what he's done in the past. But sometimes as Christians, we cling on to the blessings. I'm not saying they're bad. They're great to have a story and a testimony. But you know what? We need to move on to what God is doing in the future. This guy was hanging on to something which reminded him of something good. But you know, sometimes I recognize we can cling on to failures, to mistakes, to regrets. 
Scott shared uh, his story uh, coming up to him all last week, and it was great. And he shared it great, and it was wonderful. And he said this thing, he's many regrets, but he's forgiven. No, we can have regrets, but sometimes we live with those regrets as if we're unforgiven. And we hold on to our failures and our mistakes. We've all got regrets. But Scott made it perfectly clear, even though there's things that he wished he hadn't done, and we've all got things we had, wish we hadn't done, but he doesn't live there. He lives in the forgiveness that God has brought into his life. But sometimes, even though we can live in past and cling to past successes, we can cling to past failures, past mess-ups. I want to tell you today, God has forgiven you in Jesus. And sometimes, and you need to hear this bit right, don't misquote me in this, it's easier in a sense to move on from there because Jesus has paid the price. We don't need to do anything to move on from it. We just accept that God's forgiven us and move on. But see, when God's using us a good way, we need to have a mind shift that says, I'm moving on for that as well. But don't cling on to your past. Don't even know the blessings. Don't cling on to the past. Peter, he clung on to the purpose. He was clinging on to the purpose. The man was clinging on to the past. Peter was clinging on to purpose. I love Peter's attitude. Uh, I don't always love Peter's attitude when I read about him in the Bible, but his attitude here is wonderful. Because sometimes if we're true or we're honest, I trust most of us are honest, if not all of us. If God uses us to bless something, bless someone, sometimes we can cling on to that. Sometimes we can dwell in that. And even if we're not taking the credit, we still like to talk of and think about it. Peter, he encountered this man who was asking for money. If you know the story, and he says, look at us. Look at us. Hey, you guy, look at us, look at us. And then he healed him. In Jesus' name. Just think the commotion. Just imagine if social media had been about at that time. TikTok, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Just imagine what would have been going on in the circles there. He was just walking one day. I need money. Look at us. We're the answer to your problem. Then after the event, he says, why are you looking at us? Why are you looking at us? Why are you gazing at us? As if it's our own power, our own authority that made him walk. Listen, we need to have the confidence to say, look at us to a world that's in need. We need to have the confidence to say, look at us in your workplace, in your family, in your street, in your whatever school, your college. We need to have the confidence to say, you've got issues, look at us. We carry something that can help you. He had the confidence to say, look at us. But he had the character to say, after it was done, hey, look at him. Hey, look at him. What are you looking at us for? It wasn't us. It was who we carried in us. It was a problem. It was the solution. Look at him. You know, if we're honest, maybe it's just passing leaders. Sometimes we like it when people look at us and say, hey, that's great. That was good. That was great what you did. It's easy to lull into the, oh, wouldn't be good there. Wow, I helped that person. Listen, the purpose is not about building church. It's not about building your life, church. The purpose is not about building our reputation. The purpose is making his name famous. That is the purpose. Our purpose is to make 
his name famous. I love the story of John the Baptist. One day he was speaking and two of his disciples were there and it says they heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Come on, that's our purpose. That people hear us and they follow Jesus. That we point them to Jesus. Peter was saying, look at us. We've got the confidence to say, we are the answer. We have the answer to your solution, to your problem. But he didn't hang on. He wasn't clinging on to his fame, to his reputation. He, cling, he was clinging on to the purpose was to make Jesus' name famous. And after it says, hey, don't look at us. We are only ve- vehicles. We are only vessels. It's not about us. It's about one person. It's about the name of Jesus Christ. And you know what? At New Life Church, we are not about making our name famous. We are not about building our church. We about making Jesus known to our world. The purpose of new life is to see people reach for Jesus Christ, to build his name, to see his kingdom established and extended here and beyond. It's to bring people to the fact that Jesus is the saviour of the world and he's the king of kings. And hey, Peter's on a roll here. Uh, he's saying, this guy who, who denied Jesus, remember, three times, vehemently, we cursing. He came to this crowd and said, hey, Jesus has done it. Uh, it was Jesus who did it it's the power of Jesus Christ the guy you guys the man you disowned you delivered him you disowned him you put him to death the prince of life oh and, and he says and by the way God raised him up as if to say hey you guys put him to death oh and by the way he's alive okay okay he's alive again no fears it says it's faith in his name faith which comes from his name listen Listen, it's all about Jesus. It's all about proclaiming him. The purpose that everyone would do is the fame of Jesus Christ is proclaiming him. Whatever you're doing, whatever ministry area you're doing, whatever you're involved in in your life, you cling to the purpose, which is to glorify Jesus Christ. It's to make his name famous. But all of us need to cling on to the promise as well. The man clinged on to the past. Peter was clinging on to the purpose and all it did. We need to cling on to the promise. No, there's a good clinging as well as a bad clinging. Romans 12, 9 says, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Psalm 119, says, I cling to your laws, to your testaments. And Psalm 63 and 8 says, my soul clings to you, your right hand upholds me. I want to say there's some people you can throw some real stuff just now. I want to tell you there's someone you can cling on to who's gripping you is far greater than anything you can imagine and he will bring you through the stuff that no, the same God delivers and takes us out, but the same God takes us through stuff. And I know there's people in here, you're going through some new stuff just now, but I want to tell you, if you keep clinging on and holding on to him, he's going to bring you through safely and he's going to bring you through stronger because you've clung on to him. Don't let go of his hand. Uh, I was going to say uh, I've loved the story of Job. It's been great reading it. I'm so thankful that my name's not Job and I didn't go through all the stuff he's got through. But I was struck this week, early in the week, Monday's reading, I believe it was, Job says this, I will cling to my righteousness and never let go. Wow. That is a challenge for us in our day and age. Okay? In a world which is full of temptation, in a world which the, the culture is anti-Christian in many ways, where the desire of friends and the easy way out is so often in place before us, we have a challenge to cling to our righteousness, to keep doing what is right, to keep honouring God in every situation and to cling on to what God wants us to do. Deuteronomy 13, you shall follow the Lord your God, fear him, you shall keep his commandments, listen to his voice, serve him and cling to him. When Jesus rode from the dead, 
Mary Magdalene uh, encountered him and she tried to get a hold of him. And Jesus says, don't cling to me. He said, because I've not ascended to my father. I want to tell you the good news today. He's already ascended to the father. And he's encouraging us to cling on to him. Because when you cling on to him, you're clinging on to all that he is and all the promises of God are in Jesus Christ. The promises of God are in Christ. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ and throw through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Listen, you cling on to Christ, you're clinging on to the promises of God. And when you go through stuff, you need to cling on to the promises of God. You need to cling on to God. I love the story of Ruth in the Old Testament when Naomi, her mother-in-law's husband and two sons had died and she's left with the two sister-in-laws. And Orpah made a decision, I'm going back. I'm going back. I don't see a future here. I'm going back to my old life, my old and an old way of life. But Ruth says of this, Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Ruth's attitude was, I'm not going back. In my hopelessness, I still believe that the future's still going on. In a desperate situation, I'm clinging on to my hope for the future, that there's no going back, I'm going forward. And where you go, I'll go. Where you lodge, I'll lodge. Your people will be my people. She clung on. I love the story of Jacob when he wrestled all night with an angel of the Lord. Some say that a, a pre-incarnate uh, appearance of Jesus Christ, but he hung fighting with an angel, wrestled with an angel of the Lord all night. And the angel says, let me go. And this is what Jacob says, I will not let you go until you bless me. I'm not letting you go. I'm clinging on to you until you bless me. Sometimes you're hanging on for God to show up and do something. We need something. And as I say, you know what, God? I'm clinging on to you. I'm clinging on to your promise. And I'm not going to let go until you bless me. You may be saying, you may be testing me how much I'm believing. But I'll tell you what, Jacob says, this is tough going. I've been fighting all night. But you know what? I'm not there yet. I'm not received. I'm not letting go. I'm clinging on. I'm hanging in here. I'm hanging on to you. Bless me. I am not going to let go until you bless me. You've promised you're going to do this for me. And I'm not letting go until you bless me. It's like Abraham in Romans 4, when he was promised a son, he did not waver in unbelief, but be strong in faith, giving glory to God. I.e., listen, it's been years, God, but you know what? I'm clinging on to your promise. I'm clinging on to your word. I'm clinging on to what you said you're going to do. I'm, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. And there's people in here, and you've given up on the promise of God. I want to tell you, today's the day where you cling on again, you grab hold again of the promise of God, and you say, this time, God, I've let go in the past, but I'm not letting go. I believe that was a promise you gave me, and I'm sorry, but I've lost the faith. But you know, today there's something in me that says, God, there's something changed today. I'm going to cling on. I'm going to hold on until you bless me, until you come through, until you fulfill it. I'm making a declaration today that I'm not going to let go. I'm going to hang on and I'm not going back the way. I'm not going sideways, but I'm just going to keep forward and I'm going to cling on and believe that one day that is going to be fulfilled in my life. I am not going back. I am not going back. What do we mean by cling on? There's a bunch of definitions. The band are going to come up. To keep hold by embracing. You need to embrace the promise of God. To hold on tightly to, I love this, to refuse to stop holding. 
when people are saying it's not going to happen, I refuse to hold that thought. I refuse to hold on you saying it's not going to happen. I refuse to hold on to your unbelief. I refuse to embrace your unbelief. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to hold on to what God says. I'm going to hold on to Christ and he's the fulfillment of all my promises. This morning, as we close, are you clinging on to something which is in the past and it's hindering you embracing your future? I know there's some are. And for some, it's something good that you're still clinging on to. Some past blessing. Or for some, it's some people who you brought that blessing to. Instead of recognize they were just a vehicle, it was God that brought the blessing and you need to move on. Some might be clinging on to past failures and mistakes. You can be free today because Jesus has forgiven you them. Are you clinging on to the promise of God? I'm going to stop there. Can we stand for a moment or two? Can you stop there? Just got a couple of prayers I want to pray this morning. Maybe you're in here and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. You're clinging on to your past sins. They're clinging on to you. Peter says this, repent so that your sins may be wiped away in order for times of refreshing to come from the presence of the Lord. To tell you this morning, you don't need to cling on to your sins. You don't need to keep a hold of them in your life because Jesus died to forgive you, to cleanse you, to give you right standing before God. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, today you can be free from your, your sins, your failures, you can be forgiven if you just ask Jesus to forgive you. Let's all pray. Father God, let's all pray together. Father God, thank you that Jesus died for me. Thank you that I don't need to hold on to my sins and failures any longer. I accept Jesus' sacrifice for me. I acknowledge him as my saviour. And I thank you that I am now right before you. And those sins and fears have disappeared from my life. Before you. And I now have a right standing before you. Eyes closed and heads bowed. If you've prayed that for the first time, you've acknowledged Jesus as your saviour, can you just slip up your hand? We'd like to give you some information, get some stuff to you. I'm going to pray a second prayer. And it's a mixture too. There's some people you have been hanging on to stuff. You're a Christian, but you've been hanging on to something in the past. And you've stayed there. Today is let go day. Let go and let God take you into something wonderful in the future. And there were others who have let go of the promise, but today God's just reminded you of them. And it's a day to make a decision. I'm going to cling on no matter what it looks like. 
no matter who says it's not going to happen, I'm not going to let go until he blesses me. Father, I pray for everyone who you've spoke to today in this place, for those who have been hindered, whether it's a past blessing or just a past failure, I pray that today you'll set them free to move on into all that you've got for them. Help us not to cling to what was, but to look and hope and cling on to the one who is ahead of us. Let this be a day when we move. Lord, pray for for those who has been years and they're still living there. Lord, it's heavy in my heart and I just pray you'll set them free today and give the courage to move into a future. Release them into what you have for them in the future. Lord, I pray for those who have given up on the promises. It's been too long and they've just, day by day, just felt that confidence and that faith just dissipating, sipping out of the whole being. But today... We make a decision. We're going to cling to your promise. We're going to cling to our Christ and all that he is and all the promises of God that are in him. And we're making a decision today where we say before you, God, we will not let you go until you bless us. Until you fulfill that promise in our life, we are making a decision. We will not let go. We will cling to you for as long as it takes we will cling to your word and believe your word for as long as it takes until we see the reality in our lives in Jesus name Amen